Greetings and sweet laid to all my elf friends. Alinda Lee, you are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, Orange County's alternative radio station, and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. Welcome to What Would Arwen Do? Broadcasting from UCI Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific Time, alternating weeks with Phenomenal Woman, hopefully coming back in the spring, but right now we're actually not alternating weeks. I'm Tali Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. Welcome and my govanin to everyone listening, whether you are joining us live or online. My enduring and charming Hobbit co-host is not with us today. Milo Loam's down, but he will be back next week with uh, news from the Hobbit movies and um, all developments of all things Hobbit. So, in the meantime, I think I must remember what he normally is such a practical Hobbit and uh, tells you about. So, he always reminds you that you are listening to What Would Arwen Do? And that you can contact us with comments or questions or suggestions at askanelf, A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F, at yahoo.com. And we do love to hear from you. And that you can find podcasts and information about this show and all the public affairs programs of KUCI at KUCITalk.org or on our homepage at KUCITalk.org. You can also find podcasts of What Would Arwen Do in iTunes. Just uh, search for Arwen, A-R-W-E-N. If you are tuning in for the very first time, you may be wondering what this show is all about. Well, if a Middle-earth elf lived today in Southern California, in Irvine to be more precise, what might her life look like? How would she, as a modern elf, celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures? Some people like to ask, well, what would Jesus do? And that is a very good question. But on this program, when challenges in life arise, or as the wizard Gandalf said to Frodo, questions, questions that need answering, we like to ask, what would Arwen do? Who was Arwen, you may be wondering? In J.R.R. Tolkien's Mythology of Middle-Earth, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves and the lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing lore and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. Arwen embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light, a beloved daughter of the universe, like all the women of this fair celestial home called Earth, or an elvish Arda. We believe Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige. With great privilege comes responsibility. In Arwen we see courage, wisdom, beauty, a sense of humor and gaiety, and service to others. In Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-Earth, Colin Durias wrote, In his invented mythology of Middle-Earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. So, <clears throat> my passion and hope is that by tuning in and spending some time with me, 
on Tuesdays that you will be inspired to find your gifts of creativity and ways of, to be of service and spread love, to learn to love yourself a little more and to love those around you, creatures and people and mm, elves and dwarves and hobbits. <laughs> so, Elin Salalumin Amentiovo, A Star Shines on the Hour of Our Meeting. And <clears throat> today I'm very excited. Um, it's always very strange not having the hobbit here. Um, but he has other adventures that he must attend to these days. Um, but he will be calling in next week with um, an update on the uh, movie update about things going on with the Hobbit movies. If you've tuned in with us, you know that we both are great uh, lovers and fans of not only the literary works of J.R. Tolkien, but also the movies, plays, music, all of the things that have been um, brought to life about Middle-earth in various ways. And we're very excited that Peter Jackson is bringing the Hobbit movies into, uh, to the big screen, and that will be in December of 2012. <clears throat> and I'm also very excited because, um, as a yogi, I believe that the elves were doing yoga before it was called yoga. And I'm very excited because... <coughs> excuse me. Last weekend I attended a wonderful workshop... And I have a very special guest today. Let's have a little bit of music. is the Academy Award-winning music of Howard Shore. I apologize for that little, little, um, <laughs> little glitch in the program. Um, I don't know. Maybe I need to bring some sage into the studio here and kind of clear the, clear the air. Maybe uh, there was some strong perfume or something. I don't know. So here we are back again. This is What Would Arwen Do? I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. It is March... And this is our first show of March. I'm very excited. I believe today is the 6th. And um, this is my birthday month. I am of the opinion. Now, birthdays are a very special thing if you know anything about Middle Earth. Of course, Hob um, Bilbo and Frodo's birthday was on the same day. And in The Lord of the Rings, the Bilbo's big birthday, his 111th birthday, was quite the beginning of the, the story of the, well, at least in the book, of the quest about the ring, and it, where it passes to Frodo. And um, hobbits love to give gifts on their birthday, and I always thought that was the most delightful custom. So as an elf, I have adopted that custom myself. So I love to give um, gifts on my birthday. So this month, we will be giving away lots of fun gifts on the um, air. Uh, starting today, we will be actually giving away a free yoga class at one of the local studios right across the street in UC Irvine. So in the meantime, I have a couple of announcements because we always like to let you know about things that are going on locally that you might be interested in. This is also the month that we cel celebrate all things Celtic and all things Irish with St. Patrick's Day. And coming up uh, this coming Saturday and Sunday, actually, is the... Um, Los Angeles Irish Fair. So you can find information at la-irishfair.com. 
Chris Gold, who's actually been, um, I played some of her music. She's been, I saw her over at Muldoon's right here in um, Newport Beach by the <clears throat> Fashion Island. We'll be giving away some fun things from Muldoon's if you tune in next week. Um, but Chris Colt is uh, one of the major uh, featured bands. They have, I don't know, just a gazillion, a gazillion bands because they have like 10 different stages where they have dancers and they have bands going. She's going to be appearing uh, three times on Saturday, three times on Sunday at the main stage, the Sounds of Ireland main stage. And then Patty's Pig, who we've also featured here on the store, uh, show. In fact, we had uh, Missy Gibson and uh, Mike Flanagan in studio. And... Um, they have they have a, two bands, Breach and Patty's Pig, and Patty's Pig is going to be at the fair on Sunday. So I wish we had time to play some of the music, but I want to get right into our interview with my very special guest today. But you can check out um, the website, again, for irishfair.com. They're going to have the Irish Pride Dancers, Battle of the Dances, Sheep Herding Demo, if you tuned in last week and um, heard... Um, the show with Milo and I, where we were talking about Brett McKenzie, who won the Oscar for Best Song, the Muppet Movie Song. Um, he was talking about, in New Zealand, there are only three TV channels, and one of them is on sheep herding. <laughs> so you can actually see it live uh, this coming weekend. Um, locally, a little closer here, and that's going to be up in Pomona. A little closer, locally here, right across the street at the Center for Living Peace, this coming Friday night, they're having movie night. And they have this the second movie, of ev- the second um, Friday of every month. And it's going to be this Friday at 7 p.m. They're playing an amazing movie called I Am. And I'll let you Google that to find out more about it. But it um, starts at 7 p.m. And let me read a little bit from the flyer here. It says, What? Well, enjoy a movie screening hosted by the Center for Living Peace. Guests are welcome to bring their own food, beer, and wine refreshments. So um, we elves especially love to get a little something over at the Veggie Grill. You can get some organic wine. Or if you're a hobbit or dwarf, probably want to get a little thing of beer and join some friends and watch an amazing movie. This guy... uh, well, I'm, I just don't have time to go into the movie, but it's pretty amazing. And uh, it's going to be at the Center for Living Peace, located in the University Center, um, right across the street from the university here, and that is a free movie screening. So maybe we'll see you there. And let's see, I think that's that's kind of it for what we have go, kind of going on. There's always lots of things going on, but I especially wanted to bring your attention to those because they're coming up this weekend. Um, and... Now, I'm very excited because, oh, and The Hobbit will be back um, next week, as I mentioned before, with movie updates on everything that's going on with the movies, um, the Hobbit movies. So, I wanted to play a little song um, to get us kind of in, um, in the groove for yoga. And <clears throat> I also thought I would play... Not play, but read just a little something because you may be wondering, well, what do you mean elves um, were doing yoga before it was called yoga? Well, first off, elves predated mortals. So they were around before the men came along, but they also had certain skills that um, mortals didn't seem to have. And we find one of the examples of that right here in the Fellowship of the Ring, the first book of the Lord of the Rings. And this is when uh, they're having to pass over the mountains of Carathras. And um, the mountain is, is... 
putting, uh, just dumping snow upon them, and they have to find a way through. Well, hear a little bit here about what, how an elf deals with that. It says, and this is in the um, chapter, The Ring Goes South, Aragorn was the tallest of the company, but Boromir, a little less in height, was broader and heavier in build. He led the way, and Aragorn followed him. Slowly they moved off and were soon toiling heavily. In places the snow was breast-high, and often Boromir seemed to be swimming or burrowing with his great arms rather than walking. Legolas watched them for a while with a smile upon his lips, and then he turned to the others. The strongest must seek a way, say you, but I say, let a plowman plow, but choose an otter for swimming, and for running light over grass and leaf, or over snow, an elf. With that he sprang forth nimbly, and then Frodo noticed, as if for the first time, though he had long known it, that the elf had no boots, but wore only light shoes, as he always did, and his feet made little imprint in the snow. Farewell, he said to Gandalf, I go to find the sun, and then, swift as a runner over firm sand, he shot away, and quickly overtaking the toiling men, with a wave of his hand he passed them, and sped into the distance, and vanished round the rocky turn." So, I think of the elves know a little bit about um, levitation, <laughs> the bandas, and um, there you have it, sprinting lightly over the snow, hardly leaving an imprint in the sand. And with that, let's have a little bit of music, and then we'll come right back. Uh, this from Wa, one of my favorite singers, uh, singing a song about peace often use this in uh, yoga classes, especially for Shavasana, that final wonderful relaxation pose that we do at the end of class. This is KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM. I am Tani Tanuvio. This is What Would Arwen Do? And here is Wa. <laughs> May all beings be free, all beings be happy. So, here we are. <clears throat> we elves love to talk about yoga and inspired movement and dance and all things that get our hearts moving and our hearts nurtured. And this last weekend, I was very privileged to go to a workshop here uh, right again, right across the street, there's some wonderful things over in the uh, shopping center across the street here from UC Irvine in University Center. There's the independent theaters, the Edwards Theater that always play the art house movies. There's the Veggie Grill and Trader Joe's and Pete's Coffee, wonderful place to hang out with your friends and do studying. There's 24-hour fitness, and there's also Yoga Shakti, which is an amazing yoga studio. 
<clears throat> have spent a great deal of time. In fact, I took my teacher training there several, several years ago. So in case you ever thought you might want to be a yoga teacher, they also have teacher trainings there. But it's an amazing place, <clears throat> a great place to go, especially to relieve yourself of the stresses of a busy work week or study week. And... Um, Last weekend, I took a workshop that was on restorative yoga and sound healing with an amazing, if she doesn't mind my saying, elf-ish kind of person um, because she just had such a wonderful energy and presence and it was two hours of absolute yoga bliss and I'm very excited to let you know that she is here with us today. Her name is Ivy Tomashoff. And Ivy, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and oh. spend some time with us. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, thank you uh, for coming and for being in the world and enriching the world with your gifts and with your presence. And I'm excited because you've brought some of your bowls here today. But let's can we get just a little bit of background on you, kind of how... How did you get involved with yoga? Have you always been doing yoga? Or? No, not at all. Uh, I didn't find yoga till I was well into my late 30s. Ah. And like perhaps many other yoga teachers out there, um, it was a challenging experience, life experience, that brought me around to yoga. Ah. Um, my brother had died when he was 35, and I was just a couple of years younger. Mm. Um, and two years after that, I found someone to teach me meditation. I wanted to learn how to meditate, and I wanted to learn one-on-one. -on -one. And the universe gifted me with what I asked for. So I went, I was going up to this man's house in Laurel Canyon, and I would go up there two or three times a week and it was very simple instruction on meditation and we would just go to one of the rooms in his home and I would sit in a chair with both feet flat on the floor and my hands in my lap and he instructed me to close my eyes and listen mm. and so that's what I did and then um, he also gave me a mantra, a sacred sound syllable mm. that I would repeat. And it was a beautiful introduction to meditation. It was simple um, and yet very profound. And that was before you ever knew about really about yoga. So you kind of came in through the pathway of meditation. Right, which to me is perfect mm -hmm. because ultimately I teach and I believe that the goal of yoga is to open us up and prepare our bodies to be able to sit in meditation for a longer period of time. Um, so th yeah, that was quite beautiful. It opened me up to meditation, but then it also, th the meditation opened me up to something more and that's what led me to yoga. Uh, my first two years of yoga, um, I had a, my teacher was a local yogini in Costa Mesa. Oh. Her name is Laureen Judd, probably one of the first women and first yoga teachers, you know, in this area. 
That was back before there were, you know, all these studios like Yoga Works and everything, right? Exactly. Was there, how many, was this kind of the only studio really around here? She didn't even teach in a studio. I forgot exactly where she got her certification from, but she was teaching, started teaching classes at Visions and Dreams. Oh, okay. Metaphysical bookstore. Yeah, we love Visions and and Dreams. It's over off of Newport Boulevard in uh, Costa Mesa. Yeah, so she was my very first yoga teacher and um, made a, a wonderful impression upon me that yoga is not just about twisting the spine and moving it in all different directions, that there's philosophical um, benefits and um, philosophies to aspire to to live by. Um, Did you notice a change for yourself as far as um, physically, or did you find that you became stronger and more flexible or did you feel that it was it more of a psychological thing that you found that it helped you you know just with managing stress more in the beginning it for me it was more about um peace finding that peace Mm -hmm. and and um managing stress the um shavasana the meditations she used to do guided meditations and would you know just talk us and lead us to these beautiful places and I remember one of my most profound meditation experiences was I was just off in that silent place of no thingness and I had a then I had a thought and my next thought was oh no I had a thought (laughs) I'm like back here now and I was in a different place before so um that coming back into the body back into what we call reality but i'm not quite sure about that (laughs) so it was it was um and then some of the discomfort that i had in my body chronic low back pain you know there was some uh, relief from that it wasn't until i started doing my teacher training um where i really started the physical practice more seriously and i was there at least three times a week doing a a stronger practice and then you know, it didn't take more than three months that I noticed I had more strength in my upper body and, yes. and legs were getting stronger and core and all of that. One of the things I noticed um, when I first started doing yoga, because before that I'd been dancing for, um, I had gotten into swing dancing for about a year or so, and, um, but I felt a little, I I understood about frame and things like that, but I didn't really have a sense of um, being in my body and and um, my connectedness you know with myself and and it was it was wonderful one of the things I benefits I noticed right away was my balance you know I I tend to be even for an elf um, I just noticed that I would you know kind of misjudge and I'd run into a door jam and things like that every once in a while. and I actually noticed that I was wasn't doing that I just had a more of a sense of myself and my and myself in um, relation to the world, and the other thing for me that was very profound was that coming from, especially at the time I was working in a very highly intellectual environment, <clears throat> and realizing that um, I'm not my mind, I'm not my body, that I have those things, but who I am transcends those, which seems like a very simple thing, but I really didn't 
get that until I really started doing yoga. And a, a big part of that was just doing the physical practice enabled me to release all of the tensions of the day and just get focused to where then when it was time to spend time doing the breath work and doing the meditation, I actually could be present and listen without having the, you know, the, the little monkey talk going constantly. And that was amazing. You know, it was amazing to, to realize um, the power we have, you know, to create our own environment externally and internally. Exactly. And to be mindful about doing that. Right. And yoga gives us the tools to create that environment inside first and then take that environment everywhere we go. Our yoga practice is not intended just for the mat. It's right. intended to, to be every, everywhere we go. Yes. And that's what I love about, about yoga and about teaching yoga because part of the thing with teaching is that when I teach, it reminds me what I need to remember and what I need to know. Abs- know? Absolutely. And I've gotten to the point where I feel though as though I'm sharing what I am learning and have learned more than teaching. And I find that um, the experiences changes, change all the time. Um, what I tend to focus on is something that I'm interested in yoga, which overlaps with astrology, which overlaps with nature, which overlaps with what we eat, how we think about ourselves, how we criticize other people. I mean, all these things come together, Right. you know, which is what yoga is, the word yoga meaning union. You know, it's it's not just our foot, and our foot is not connected to anything else in our body. <laughs> our foot is in direct relationship to every part of our body. And as you were talking about connecting our physical body to the earth, having that sense of being grounded. Because until we are grounded, we're, we're too... It's too easy to topple over, right? And lose <laughs> our balance. Yes. Well, and I really appreciate you you sharing that because I think a lot of times people think, um, you know, practicing yoga or developing a yoga lifestyle means that you have to develop a certain type of worldview or philosophy, maybe Hindu or Buddhist or something like that. And not that you can't incorporate those into your yoga practice, but it's really what you were saying. It's about when you take some time on a yoga mat to um, be present with your body, be present with your thoughts, be present with your breath, get connected to yourself within the context of a room of other people, um, then you can take that out in the world. You become, As you become more mindful of what you're doing on your yoga pat, mat, you become more mindful about how you are out in the world. So it's, it's just such a wonderful thing. And it, that was one of the things that my students would always tell me, just different things, you know, like driving on the freeway and they're all tense and they're grabbing the steering wheel and they'd say, and I would remember what you said, Tony, just breathe and relax the shoulders down and I take a deep breath and it's amazing when you're driving on the freeway and you know you're in you know locked in bumper to bumper if you actually will just take a moment to consciously take a few deep breaths release your grip on the steering wheel relax you know maybe bring your shoulders up and relax them down it can it kind of shifts your whole experience of being stuck in traffic Right, or being stuck in, <laughs> anywhere. Anywhere. You know, the, the breath is the most important part. And yeah. 
especially as a society, you know, we have really irregular breathing patterns. So sometimes I tell people, you know, as they come into a yoga class, if the only thing you do for the next hour or an hour and a half is to watch your breath and make sure that it doesn't stop, then you have given yourself a huge boost in, in all of your body's functions in, in your ability to be more calm. And, you know, the breath is the beginning and the end of everything. Yes. Now, isn't that kind of what sets yoga apart? Because a lot of people say, well, I stretch, or I go to the gym, or I do Pilates, or I, you know, do Zumba. But uh, I think, isn't, it, isn't that what sets yoga apart from other forms of, of movement and exercise? I think there's two things. One thing is the focus on the breath, for sure. Um, there are different types of pranayama breathing practices that we can do to um, to work through different um, areas in the body and blockages but even just to have a regular normal steady breath and to focus on that the other thing to me that sets yoga apart from any other form of exercise is the final relaxation it's shavasana how often do we have time to to be still and that's kind of what brought me into restorative yoga and my love for restorative yoga. It was the first type of yoga I ever taught. Um, and I continue to teach restorative and gentle practices in all my classes. Um, our lives are so busy. They're filled with, you know, producing, and it's, and it's fun achieving. and it's wonderful, but it's not the end of it. It's not the end of all things, you know. Right, right. And and we and you know, balance is not just being able to stand up without toppling over, but it's a balance in standing and resting, in sleeping and wakefulness, in eating and not eating. Um, a balance in everything we do and our side, our lives and even continue to be filled up every moment of doing something. And so I'm here to talk about restorative yoga, um, conscious relaxation, mm -hmm. taking time to be still. And Eric Schiffman is another you know, well-known yoga teacher who talks about <coughs> moving into stillness. Uh, Rumi talks yes. about listening and, you know, to the stillness. It's, it's, it's the truth of who we are is that stillness inside of us. Yeah. Um, so promoting balance through um, through the active lifestyle here's here's a, a gentle passive way to relax and really nourish your body at a cellular level not just with breath but if I'm using the crystal bowls they and even the, the metal Tibetan bowls they tend to vibrate us yes. and retune us to our own natural healing Yes. My guest today, Ivy Tomashoff, and she teaches um, classes right across the street here at Yoga Shakti Studio, and that is um, at uh, 4249 Campus Drive in Irvine, 92612. Their phone number there, 949-856-9642, yogashaktistudio.com. And uh, Ivy, you also have email um, an email address or contact information. Do you do uh, private lessons and workshops? Um, I, I do. I'm starting to want to call my workshops play shops. 
Oh, I love that. That's what I I like that. <laughs> really, you know, I'm I'm mindful play. Yeah. The words that we speak have so much power. Absolutely. And um and more play in our lives, I think, is beneficial. So, yes, I do workshops. I've got another um, workshop coming up next month at Yoga Shakti. This one is an introduction to yin yoga. And, and what is that? Some people may be, because, you know, you might be familiar with the terms yin and yang in uh, Chinese uh, medicine and um, Chinese culture. But So what is yin, the, the yin yoga? Yin yoga targets flexibility and you were saying before that we're all you know familiar with all these different types of exercise and stretching and um, and a lot of different types of exercise running and and workouts include a little bit of stretching but the stretching isn't enough to really affect connective tissue mm. and if you've ever received any type of um, myofascial release work massage type work it takes two minutes of um, gentle pressure on the skin to begin to affect the connective tissue. Connective tissue is an internal sweater. So the first two minutes of holding a pose are just to get us into that stretch. Say you're doing a, um, a half forward fold, mm-hmm. you know, just folding over one leg at a time, stretching the back of the leg, the hamstring, the calf, and all of that. So the first two minutes are to get you into, into the connective tissue to start rehabilitating it. And then after those first two minutes, you want to hold your pose for at least another minute or two. The breath becomes the the part, the action, the mm-hmm. breath is where the work is. So that constant steady breath in and out is what feeds the connective tissue and starts to rehabilitate and reshape the connective tissue. Mm. So I like to tell people in terms of the physical body, generally athletes don't retire because their muscles are too strong. <laughs> Right. right. They retire because their joints perhaps give out. Yes. And so this yin practice is really good for the joints, the low back, the hips, the ankles, and the knee joints um, specifically. It's similar to restorative yoga in that it's very calm. Mm-hmm. And it's a breathing practice. And it's a relaxation practice. And a practice to help us go deeper within ourselves. Self-study. I love it. <laughs> I love gentle yoga, yin yoga, um, restorative yoga. I mean, I, I like the other yoga, too. I think, you know, I like a nice, strong practice once in a while. But I, I'm one of those people, um, astrologically, I'm an Aries, a water dragon, and I'm vata, pitta, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. dosha. So I'm all about movement and going and doing, you know, and even intellectually, you know, a lot of um, stimulation. So for me, it's always a practice to slow down and just, you know, being being present and um, quieting that mind. I mean, I love that we have minds, you know, our minds are wonderful and that we have names for everything and we have ways to communicate these wonderfully abstract concepts of things. But I was reading something wonderful this morning um, in a book on intuitive healing and it was talking about how the self is in the place between the thoughts. You know, we, we find, and for me, I feel like I find the self between the words, you know, there's, 
because and, and it's so hard even I'm in a meditation to just stop the flow of words because we have a tendency you know we're such magnificently linguistic beings but we have a tendency I think sometimes to get struck stuck in that stream of words and ideas Right. And And that comes up a lot during meditation. I've had several people who say to me, you know, I try to meditate, but I can't. And they think that because their mind is still busy, that it's not meditation. But it is. You know, as long as you sit down and you take the time to sit quietly, even if the mind doesn't quiet down. And one of the things that I've always heard is that meditation takes place in be- in the spaces between the breaths. Right. You know, and so it happens like for the tiniest moment of time that you can imagine, but when you maintain the practice, it builds up, and those moments get longer, and you and you have the ability to hold that vibration of meditation in waking state as yes. well. Well, and it's just like with anything that we want to learn. It's practice. You know, we we you know, if you wanted to play tennis, you wouldn't take two lessons and say, "I can't, I can't play tennis." Exactly. You would keep taking lessons. Exactly. So you know, we the same thing with meditation, with quieting our minds. We've spent our whole lives having very busy minds and very busy bodies. Um, it's you know would even be logical <laughs> to think that it might take a little practice to learn how to find that quiet place. Right. Again, my guest today is Aimee Tomashoff, and you are listening to KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, and streaming live at KUCI.org. I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. You can contact me at askanelf at yahoo.com. You can contact Ivy about her yoga, her teaching, her upcoming workshops and play shops at uh, her email. Would you give your email address, Ivy? My email is ivyogini at yahoo.com. It's I-V-Y-O-G-I-N-I at yahoo.com. And um, we talked a little bit yesterday, and I know you don't quite have things, but I'd like to just kind of put it out there. Aren't you also starting a blog? I am. It's it's more of a website right now than okay. a blog, and um, it's a WordPress site, so you can find that at ivyyoga.wordpress.com. And again, it's just one Y, so it's ivyyoga.wordpress.com. And that has um, my workshops, information on my workshops, links to register for those, and my classes lifted, listed, and a, a little bit of a bio. And Wonderful. Well, we're going to take a little tiny break here, and then um, because uh, Yoga Shakti very graciously gave us a free yoga class to give away to our listeners. So if you would like to try a class and they could take one of your classes, what hours are your classes over at Yoga Shakti? Yoga Shakti in Irvine, I'm there on Friday nights at 6 o'clock, and that's probably the most restorative class I teach there because it's Friday night, and I think it's a great time mm, to relax yes, and at renew. the end of the week and mm-hmm. great way to start the weekend. And then I also have a class um, in Irvine on Sundays at 12.30. And you also have some classes out in uh, Huntington Beach, right? Because Huntington we do have people Beach. that listen through the Internet. Yep. Huntington Beach Yoga Shakti is located right near the Mother's Market in Huntington Beach. And I have classes there Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday at noon. 
Great. And you can find more information about Ivy's classes and all of the uh, different styles and teachers of uh, Yoga Shakti at their website, www.yogashaktistudio.com, and that's Y-O-G-A-S-H-A-K-T-I studio.com. Uh, we're going to play a little, little tiny bit of violin music here from the Hobbit trailer, um, which I think is actually very soothing. And then we're going to come back and talk a little bit about sound healing. And Ivy, I think, has agreed to play a little bit on her bowls. You're listening to KUCI. If you'd like a free class at Yoga Shakti, please give me a call, 949-824-5824, within the next one minute and 22 seconds before we come back on the air. 949-824-5824. And here's a little bit of... Yoga Hobbit Music, QCI in Irvine. Mountains Cold, a little excerpt from the surfing violinist who excerpted that from the little two-minute teaser trailer of The Hobbit Movies that came out in December about the movies that will be coming out next December to the big screen. So, I'm Tony Tenuville. This is What Would Arwen Do? My very special guest today is fellow yogini. Aimee Tomashev, who is an amazing woman, and she's teaching yoga, and she's sharing meditation. Um, Ivy, I notice also on your business card, it says you also do some reflexology and Reiki. That's wonderful. Do you ever incorporate some of that into your into your classes? or? It's difficult right now to incorporate into my classes, well, depending upon what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm playing the bowls then there's not too much right. other things that I can be doing. However, very often during my yoga class, I will instruct a self-reflexology segment. Mm. Um, as I'm nice. sure you know, the feet yes. are the foundation uh, of everything, yes. <laughs> really important. And, and reflexology, I find that a lot of people who come to yoga are not aware that the sole of the foot corresponds to the entire body and there are ways to help alleviate headaches, sinuses, um, indigestion, I mean just about everything. So I, I do bring that into my classes. Wonderful. Well, <clears throat> I'm lest our time get away from us. We would like to, if, it would, if you would be so gracious, um, I would love for you to play a little bit with the singing bowls. Now, when I went to the workshop on Saturday for our listeners, you had um, some 
three amazing crystal bowls there. I have um, a, a singing bowl myself. I love my little bowl. I use it very often in my classes, especially during Shavasana. Mine is tuned to the heart chakra. Oh. And uh, so I just... Uh, it, I think it's kind of like drums. You find bowls, um, or at least I've, and you just fall in love with them, and you just feel a special connection with them. And um, so, anyway, would you please, uh, I'm hoping this will come out okay over the air. I imagine that it will. But uh, the wonderful thing that our listeners won't get to have the benefit of, but you will if you come to a class, is that the vibration actually fills the room, and you can feel it right down into your cells. <laughs> Maybe we can send it through the yes. airways as well. So the first bowl you're going to be um, playing with is a metal bowl? Yes. Okay. I have two metal bowls and the one crystal bowl. Okay. And I'm just going to kind of play them all together. Great. And close your eyes and relax and breathe. And Unless you're driving. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So we could have, I probably should have done that at the beginning of the show, and I probably wouldn't have had my little coughing thing. Um. <clears throat> Thank you so much. Again, that's Ivy Tomashov sharing her singing bowls that sing so beautifully together. And you use those in your yoga classes, right? It's so wonderful. And just, um, we only have a couple of minutes, but people may be wondering, well, what is the benefit of bowls? But uh, 
could you just tell us a little bit about what um, the Cristobal boat does and the other one as far as, you know, what, what benefit is this vibration to us? You know, we are, we are beings made largely of water. Right, and we are vibrational beings. Vibrational beings, exactly. Um, the quartz crystal bowls have uh, an element of silicon dioxide, which we also have in our bodies. So when I say that the quartz crystal bowls actually retune us, that's literal. On a cellular level, they, they retune us. They, our bodies are such incredible, magical vehicles for us to move around in. And there's, right. there's no question that our body is always moving towards a state of, of perfect health. I mean, if we get a cut, our skin heals itself in, in the ways that it knows how. So we just make it difficult for our bodies sometimes to stay in that balance of perfect health. But our physical bodies, thankfully, always want to go there. It's beyond our own mind and our, our coherent thoughts. There's innate wisdom in our cells. And so we tap into these tools uh, vibrational tools, sounding tools, whether it's the sound of a bowl or whether it's the sound of a song or a musical instrument. Um, voice heals, classical music heals, singing bowls heal. Yes. They calm, they take away stress and pain, and they reset our body at a higher level of well-being. Thank you so much. Not only for being here, but for sharing the gift of yoga with the world in your presence. Thank you. It was a fabulous surprise <laughs> to have you at the workshop and to be invited here. As I said, the restorative yoga is something that I'm pretty passionate about and that our whole planet will benefit by when yes. we take the time. And we elves know about these things. You might want to check it out. And uh, we do still have a class, a free class over at Yoga Shakti. Uh, no obligation. Just go and enjoy a free class if you'd like to look into that. It's right over here in the University Center. You could even come to one of Ivy's classes on uh, Friday night or when it's your other class. Or Sunday at 12.30. Or there's many other teachers there that mm -hmm. teach you know, oh, yeah. more active practices. Right awesome teachers. Yes, awesome teachers. At yogashaktistudio.com right across the street. Ivy's ad, uh, email address again is ivyogini at yahoo.com that's I-V-Y-O-G-I-N-I at yahoo.com and we, I'm afraid, are out of time, but thank you again so much for being here. Alin Salalum Amentielvo, a star shines on the hour of our meeting, my friend. Om Shanti. Thank you. And uh, next week I'll be back with What Would Arwen Do? I am Tani Genuvio. You can email me at askanelf at yahoo.com. We'll be talking about all things Celtic and Irish and more about the birthday month. And in case you're just tuning in and you are interested in having a, a birthday card, pop me an email with your name and address and I will send you an elf birthday card if your birthday is in the month of March and we share our birthdays. So until next week... I will have to say Namaria, and we're going to hear a little bit more again from uh, closing from Wa. Loka samasta sukino bavantu. 
May all beings be happy and free. This is KUCI in Irvine, Orange County's alternative radio station, and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of the universe. Oh.